This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. All right, I'm Denise Lodge. I'm a digital lead with EPAM. Designers switching to Agile with Denise Lodge. This series started with episode 150. What is some advice you'd give to a UX or a designer, a designer who's now working in a different model and now all of a sudden they're going to start doing Scrum or Kanban or Scrumban? What advice would you give them? That's a tough question. Moving, you know, as a designer, um, you know, making that shift can be really hard because you're used to coming in with the big idea putting that together, presenting that to the client, having, you know, that feedback from the client. You're really in control of your own world, right? But then you get into this agile world and there's a little, it's a little different, right? Yeah, totally. And you're thinking more about the individual features and trying to balance it with the overall experience. It's it's a bit challenging. It can be hard to let go and let the developers develop something that maybe isn't completely 100% the way you designed it. Knowing that ultimately Agile or Scrum is built in such a way that, yes, you know, oh, it isn't quite the way I wanted it. There's this additional functionality I really wanted there to make it this great experience and working with the, 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 the team to really get that into other stories that then get built down the road. It's about, it's about a more iterative process and allowing for things to go out and maybe not be successful and then improving them and that kind of thing and, and sort of taking it in smaller steps. But if you're designing something from the ground up, some sort of new system that you're designing and building, you're still probably going to go through some of those traditional processes, right? You still have to concept the product, right? What is it? What are we recommending? What is our... What is our initial experience for the user who's just coming there for the first time? What is the experience for the people returning? You know, what are those those key experiences that then lay the foundation for you to move into more of this process by which you feed into the sprints? Do you feel like you interacted with people differently with Agile than you did with uh, Waterfall? Yes, I interacted with people more. So I understood more about technically how things got achieved, what the limitations were, and I was able to come up where I think in the in the past, things were presented as blockers. You can't do this. In collaborating with developers in a hand a hand in hand type of way on each feature, you learn what the barriers are and able to design around it or design an experience that can accommodate the problem you're trying to solve and still work within the the technical boundaries. In waterfall, when you met with the source of requirements, whoever that is, and started talking to them about what they want to do, I assume you did that as more of a loner, or did you bring people with you? It was still done in sort of a group way, in that we had the UX designer, the visual designer, the the stakeholders, the business analyst, maybe the tech lead, right? But it was more us designing 
presenting to that group, discussing some of the the questions that were there, refining it, and then documenting it. So there, but because you know when you're going through that process, there's this huge volume of things that you're designing for all these features, all of, you know, the whole system, you're trying to design it at once, things get missed. And so that's where I think there's always the struggle, right? You, you miss some things, you get into development. Oh, we didn't, we did, we didn't estimate for that or we didn't design for that. Mm. Um, and so there's always challenges there. But yeah, I mean, there were a lot of meetings and meetings took up a lot of time just to get through all those requirements. when you were working in an agile fashion, did the group of people that meet together to work through the, uh, how do I say this, the research and the uh, design work, were they the same actors as, as it was in Waterfall or was there an adjustment? It was much smaller. So it was myself and the QA person and the tech lead. And the three of us sort of worked through Here's what we found. Here's what we're looking at. The QA person would always raise 300 edge cases that I never thought about, <laughs> which is the beauty of having them involved. Right. The tech leak would come back with advice on sort of the limitations of what I was designing. But in the end, I you know work with the designer, work with the user researcher, and go back out to the, the stakeholders with the product manager and present what we were doing to just get their buy-in. So there was not a lot of detailed interaction from the stakeholders as much as there was in the waterfall way because we were making decisions about design as we were okay. as as we were doing requirements so everyone needed to be there for all those meetings for the waterfall process but I think we were able to do it in bite-sized chunks and so not everything needed a stakeholder review or buy-in, right? Just the big, really big stories that changed the nature of the product really needed to go by the stakeholders. Oh, okay. Why do you think that is? I think because they were able to see sprint demos every time. You know, they were invited to all the sprint demos. They'd show up, they'd see progress, things would launch, things would improve, clients would be happy. So they were happy that that, that small amount of improvement every couple weeks was enough to keep them very happy. It was really only when there was big strategic moves or some big new enhancement that had to happen that they'd get involved. Yeah, like a budget threshold or something. That happens. More, <laughs> more people have to show up when there's more money involved. Or some, or some business initiative or goal they have to meet when they want to be able to say, okay, check the box, I got the digital channel taken care of. and Or they may say, oh, the digital channels are a way to really achieve this goal. Then the pressure's on, right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marketing's made some, uh, uh, made some calendar promises and now they have to deliver something like that. Are you new to Agile or Scrum? 
Looking for a fun way to pick up the knowledge to become an Agile team? Go get the novel Agile Noir. It's a dramatic novel about a project manager who needs to transform his teams to become Agile because his life depends on it. This book is available in the U.S. on Amazon, in India on Pothy.com. In China, it's available on my WeChat store. Links are in the show notes. This series, Designers Who Switched to Agile, started in episode 150. If you're like my friend Ricardo and you missed the first episode, go on over to the show archive, which you can find by Googling Lancer Agile Thoughts Archive. Next episode, more Denise Lodge. Uh, so how's a product manager role different from a product owner? We've talked a little bit, but let's, you know, what, what else would you add to that? Um, hmm. Or one way to think about this is, you know, Denise, you were the product owner. I'm just, let's just make it official right now uh, in that past yeah. situation. And then there was an official product manager. When would the product manager have to bring you along to meet someone? And when would he just handle it himself? And when would you go somewhere to handle something and the product manager may not be necessary to be there? So the product manager would bring me along when it was something new, something that we knew we would have to go back to the stakeholders with design. We knew that it was going to be big budget type of thing, so it might take up a quarter of the year or something for the team. We'd want to have those stakeholder meetings and, and really dig in and understand what we need. 